MSW Media. Hey everybody, this is Ed Kowalczyk from the band Live, and you're listening right now to the second best voice from Pennsylvania. Golly, I think he might be talking about me. <laughs> yeah, little old Dan Dunn. Uh, that is Ed Kowalczyk, and he is the lead singer of the band Live. And coming up on this episode is an interview with Ed that I did at a music festival in Kentucky called Bourbon and Beyond. This is the first of a couple of episodes that we generated down there. In addition to Ed on this episode, we also have a man by the name of Nathaniel Rateliff of Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats. Got to chat him up while I was down there. And two of the leading whiskey experts in the world, Fred Minnick and Gabe Cardarella, also in this episode. That's all of them. That's Ed from Live, Nathaniel Rateliff, Gabe, Fred, Revelry. Oh, and I had a little bit of whiskey, so I apologize in advance uh, if I sound slurry. Well, pour yourself a glass, sit for a spill. It's time to have some fun. Let's do a little thinking, some picking and a drinking. But this is what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. I am Dan Dunn, and I am thrilled to be coming at you today from Louisville, Kentucky, at the annual Bourbon and Beyond Festival in Louisville. It is, uh, this is in its third year. I was here the first year with my podcast, uh, Drinky Fun Time. We're back again. I'm going to tell you straight up that this is the single best music, whiskey, and food festival in the United States. I would venture it's the best music festival overall. I mean, no offense to Bonnaroo and Coachella and all that, but you know, the kids. Uh, for me personally, I love coming here. I really, really do. Uh, it'll get ruined eventually because it'll get so popular because the word's going to spread. So don't tell anybody what I'm telling you, but, uh, Keep it on the down low. Um, this is the first of a couple of episodes we're going to be doing from Bourbon and Beyond. And we're going to start off with a bang today. On this episode, I have interviews with Ed Kowalczyk, the lead singer of Live, a band that has played a big role in my life. I love those guys. They're, Ed left the band for a while. He's back. They played an amazing set here at Bourbon and Beyond, blew the crowd away. And also a guy you might have heard of, a man you might have heard of by the name of Nathaniel Rateliff is also going to be on this very episode, Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweat, son of a bitch, also also toured up at Bourbon and Beyond, and I chatted him up, and we're going to have that interview for you in a little bit. My old friend Gabe Cardarella is going to be joining us. Gabe is the best-looking man at Bourbon and Beyond. He really is, and uh, I don't think anybody would argue with me. Second best-looking man at Bourbon Beyond, certainly the most stylish, is sitting in front of me. He is uh, He curates the whiskey here at the festival, and in my opinion, uh, there is no one else in the world that knows uh, whiskey like he does. He is also the uh, editor-in-chief, pr- publisher of Bourbon Plus magazine that features one of the greatest uh, spirits writers of all time as a columnist in there. <clears throat> 
Dan Dunn is, a, Dan is Dunn. his name. Fred Minnick, my man. How are you, buddy? Good to see you, buddy. It's good to see you. This is your town, man. Yeah. Louisville's your town. Yeah. And rightly so, because, uh, you know, this is the epicenter of, certainly of bourbon in, in, in America. Uh, you know, there's no bourbon anywhere else. Um, but... Uh, this thing happened, like I said, this is the third one. You've been involved from the beginning. Tell us a little bit about how you got involved in Bourbon and Beyond. So they, uh, Danny Weber Presents is the uh, producer behind it, and they um, they wanted to do a, a bourbon music festival. They reached out to me in 2014, and I was just, I, I just wasn't really... I real wasn't really into like uh, into it at that time. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm just putting them off, I'm putting them off. And then I get on the, I have a meeting, uh, a phone call with uh, with Wimmer, and I'm still kind of like, being like, yeah, I don't really want to do this. I'm writing books. I just, you know, I don't want to be promotional. I'm trying to be, you know, a writer, and. Uh, and they were, they scouted me, you know, they saw me speak, they saw me do some things, and um, and they really were coming at me hard, and they were like, just come to one of our shows and help us put together this festival. And um, and I did. I what, felt, what was the show? Uh, it was Rock on the Range. Okay. It was, uh, they no longer uh, produce that show, it's now, they've transformed into a show called Sonic Temple, but it's in uh, Columbus, Ohio. And I went there, and I was just amazed. And it wasn't necessarily like what they were doing from um, from an activation standpoint, which it was very cool. What I was amazed by was like the the flow of the music, the curation of the music, uh, the sound. I've been to so many festivals where the sound just sucks, you know. And they're like, and, and they get big bills. And like, you know, I remember being at a uh, festival, and Sturgill Simpson gets up, and it was like, couldn't hear him. <laughs> couldn't hear him his his uh and his and his guitar wasn't tuned and he just spent five minutes he's like this is why i fucking hate outdoor festivals i was like damn this is really bad for the and motor. they you're right they do such a good job here and, and and it it is uh well run everybody sounds great the 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 caliber of talent that is it i mean i'm just gonna throw some out for you it's like the foo fighters john fogarty robert plant zz top zach Brown, uh, who else am I saying? Hall and Oates. Yeah. Uh, what's it called? Flaming Lips. Joan Jet. It's hard to believe that they could get all of these people out here in one weekend, and it's not like I mentioned Coachella earlier. That's a shit show. No offense to Coachella, but it's a shit show, right? I mean, there's a lot of people. This thing feels like a family reunion <laughs> yeah there's just not it's you know it's obviously it's well attended but it, but it's but it's not too big it's not too crowded everybody i think feels like you're part of it you know yeah. you can get you can get lost in in the throngs at some of these bigger music festivals this one's perfect it's laid out perfect the whiskey i mean talk about the whiskeys that are here you've got so many that you're that are yeah being. so i curate all the whiskey side of things so when i signed up to be a you know be a part of them in 2017 um, you know, they they would later name me a co-creator in the festival, and so like I'm kind of like over all the all the bourbon-related things, and the and the the activations, and what what we have is we have like we have a lot of pairing of food and and whiskey. So like Basil Hayden has like this really nice little cocktail area. 
Uh, you've got uh, Knob Creek has something really cool uh, over there. Then you got like, a, you know, Larceny is like pairing uh, their whiskey with uh, barbecue. And it, the, the heartbeat of the festival is what we call the big bourbon bar. And there's just like lined up with, with bourbons that you can make in a, like a cocktail or you can uh, get it neat. I also have my own bar. It's called the Fred Minnick Mini Bar, and that's where all of our barrel selections are. Our, uh, our partner, our retail partner is uh, Kroger, which is a pretty good one. And so you can also go and buy the uh, barrels at Kroger. But it's not like, uh, and we also have like the Silver Dollar Bar where you can go in and get like the really rare stuff, like from the 1930s and some Pappy Van Winkle. But it's also not like, this is just for, like, the high flute and whiskey. You know, for example, I mean, I'm drinking, you know, Jim Beam Black right now on the on the rocks because, you know, it's 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 a little earlier in the day. And, <laughs> you got uh, to ease it. And, and, hey, look, Beam's, you know, for all these new brands, and it's an amazing what's happening into the bourbon industry, but, you know, there's a reason that they're the classics, you know. And brands like Beam, they always do deliver. I got the Beam Black here as well. And I... I would say, and I was going to ask you, Fred. Like, if you're, if there's a, uh, a Mount Rushmore of bourbon, mm-hmm. who's on it? I'm talking about back in the day. Jim uh, Beam's got to be on y- there, you right? Want, you want the the human beings, or do you yeah, want the brands? The, the human beings, yeah. Okay. Well, I think um, I think we have to look at the we have to look at every facet of of the business, and you have. Like you have like the business side of things, and I think one of the greatest businessmen in uh, bourbon history was George Garvin Brown of Brown Foreman. Sure. So I would put him there on like uh, the business side. Um, I think Jim Beam is probably you know he's there as um, as kind of like a distiller slash you know. Uh, very good business-wise as well, so I definitely put with Jim Beam there, and I think uh, Pappy Van Winkle. Uh, he was an amazing, amazing um, ambassador for for independent brands. Like he would go and testify before Congress multiple times, uh, basically try to protect the smaller brands during a price-fixing scandal, and he was also really uh, maneuverable, and he also. And, uh, of course, today his name is, you know, is, is known and synonymous with the incredible Pappy Van Winkle, the iconic one, which I, we've talked about that all the time. It sells for a lot, but the man himself, I think, was even bigger than what that brand is. And Who, who's our fourth? And the fourth. Fred Minnick? No. Come on. No, 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 no. I've No, I'm only getting started. I got a long way to go before I can even touch that one. <laughs> But, but you, but you do, but you. Let, I mean, let, let's not be modest here. How many books have you written? Seven. Seven. Uh, give us, give us, give us the highlight. Give me, give me a couple names of books people. Yeah. Uh, my, I'll give you my three bourbon books: uh, Whiskey Women, the untold story of how bourbon, uh, how women save bourbon, Scotch and Irish whiskey, and um, Bourbon: The Rise, Fall, and Rebirth of American Whiskey, and uh, Bourbon Curious, which is basically a tasting guide. Yeah, I mean. For those of you out there, if you if you are interested in whiskey, you need to follow Fred Minnick, uh, and he will he'll learn you he'll learn you some stuff. I, I 
I consult Fred all the time. People seem to be under the impression that I know what I'm talking about when I write stuff, but really I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to pull the curtain, and, and Fred, <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'll text Fred, and I'll go, hey, uh, what should I write about here? What about this guy? What do you think? And Fred's always uh, very gracious and will help me out well, and make me look like I know what I'm talking you're, about. You're, you <laughs> also have the benefit of being a really good writer. Thank you, man. And when I, uh, when I was assembling my, my calmness and everything, uh, you were the first or second person I reached out to, and I had like a vision for you. And I feel like your column, The Wet Whistle, is, uh, is a big hit. People like reading it. You have like a connection to people that uh, others don't. I like, I like seeing the, those stories. Thanks, man. And that, by the way, that's a Bourbon Plus magazine. I recommend you get it. Uh, and as I said, check out Fred. Uh, I'm going to raise a glass here. This, uh, let's have a little bit more of this beam right here. There we go. Oh, Cheers. Oh, mm, that's good. Uh, Fred, I want to thank you for having us out, man. And, I, and you're doing an amazing job. Thank you. might even have you back on at one of these other uh, episodes we're going to do from Bourbon to Beyond. But right now, I want to roll into, because Fred can't stand the, the suspense anymore, he loves live. It's one of his favorite bands. Yeah. And I got an interview. I was lucky enough to get to talk with Ed Kowalczyk of Live. I mean, he's a hell of a human being and a hell of a singer. And here's a Fred. Thank you, buddy. Always good seeing you, Dan. And here's Ed Kowalczyk. You know, it's uh, rare, rare, any of the shows I've done over the years where I get a little starstruck, but <laughs> I kind of am now. Uh-huh. I'm not even kind of, I am officially starstruck. Uh, we're at Bourbon and Beyond in Louisville, Kentucky, and I just watched one of the best sets of music that I've seen in a very long time. Thank you. And the man at the front of that is sitting in front of me, and it's Ed Kowalczyk from Live. Thank you so much, brother. Dude, how are you? I'm great. Good, good. Uh, how do you feel, man? I, I don't know how many people are here, 40,000, oh, something like lot. that. Oh, gosh, a lot. A lot of people, and you just crushed it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. We, um, we're actually wrapping up this leg of um, our summer tour, here and then in yeah. Nashville uh, Sunday night. Then we go home for a couple of weeks. So, so we're kind of firing on like, you know, that beautiful all cylinders autopilot right now because yeah. we've been playing so much. I appreciate that though. It was, it was a great, a great thing to p- play a festival because we've been, you know, playing the amphitheaters with Bush and all played, summer. Where'd you play? I live in LA. You played the the Greek. You, you do too. You played the Greek, right? The yeah. Greek a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I was out of town. I would have. Oh my god, it was so out. great. It was, a good show. it was a great tour, and um, just to be able to to wind it up on these big, uh, cool festival stages is just like yeah. perfect. You know, get us kind of out of the you know the the type of venue we've been in for so long. You know, to jump up on that stage with you know and, and uh, just feel that energy of all those people. That was great. So, talking about the different venues, so I'm from Philadelphia, Ed is from York, Pennsylvania, which yeah. is just it's outside of Philly. About 90 miles, about yeah. About 90 miles outside of Philly. So, I saw, I've seen you guys so many times over the years, but I, one of the first times I saw you was in college, and you, this was before, I believe it was before Mental Jewelry, before that album, and to, I guess... Go through this. This is the thing that's really incredible: is when you go through this journey in life, yeah. and you develop a relationship with bands. It's amazing. Isn't that it? I don't know you. We've never met before. It's the first time we've sure. ever met. But yet I feel like I do right. because it's kind of been the soundtrack of my life from those early days. And then awesome. you guys, and then when you guys blew up with throw, uh, with uh, throwing copper, right, and everything else, and to see you here now makes me feel really old. You and me both, brother. Yeah, we're celebrating the 25th anniversary of the Throwing Copper album this year. 
And so I couldn't believe it when nuts. you said that up there. I'm like, really? Yeah. So I was trying to do the math. I'm like, all right, I know how old I am. So you got to be around me like 50. I'm 48. 48. I just turned 48 yeah, in July. When's your birthday? July 16th. 14th. Yeah. Fel- all right, we're going to have some bourbon. All right, let's all have right, a little bourbon. Gotta, we got to celebrate it. We got to celebrate cancers. that July. A little bit of this Jim Beam Black Extra Aged, which, I, there we go. Yeah, right in there. Um, so, Ed, let me ask you, man. You, uh, all right, let's drink first. Yeah, let's, let's cheers it up. Cheers, brother. Here we go. Uh, fuck yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. So, that was good. So, you, uh, where do you live now, by the way? Do you ever go back to Pennsylvania? I, you know, I was in Southern California for a long time, and I just moved back east. It was funny. It was like a few years before the band got back together. Yeah. We'd broken up for a little bit. I know. What happened there? Oh, God. You were out for about seven years, right? Your typical VH1 behind-the-music special shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, just got in a fight and broke up. Took I a break. A- turned into a breakup. I got a buddy. Fell, fell I got back a buddy in love together, and now we, here we are. I got a buddy that was uh, down in the Keys like year, a couple years ago, or whatever. And you played. You played in the Florida. Oh, Keys, that was. was uh, oh, I, you know what we did? Yeah, yeah. It no, was like you last did. year. This is. Oh, solo. It was you, yeah, yeah. Solo, and he said he went up and had a long talk with you after the show, and he was like, "Why the fuck did you leave the band, man?" Yeah, You're like shit happens. You know, we were. Um, it's funny because yeah, we we split for about six, seven years, and then. Um, it just naturally got back together about four years ago now, and we've been, man, running ever since. You know, we did um, a huge tour last year, um, this year, and it's just been incredible. The the desire and the passion and the excitement from the fans to get this band back on stage was a huge part of it. And, um, yeah, so I was living in Southern California, and I moved back east the timing was crazy because I moved back about a year or two before Where'd we you, got back together. You? So now I'm in Connecticut, which is about just a you know four-hour drive. Okay. And a couple of the guys still live in near our hometown or in our hometown. Near York? Yeah, in York. Seriously? One of, yeah, our bass player Patrick still lives in York proper, and our guitar player lives in Lancaster. So, um, How do they feel about you guys? Because I remember listening to a live, I don't know what, it was on a live album, it was a live recording, but... You were talking about how the town of York did not like Shit Town. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Shit Town's a song, live song. Yeah. Oh no, it's great. You killed it's it. It's funny yeah. because I don't care what town you're from. When you grew up there, even if it was the most awesome place that everybody else thinks is awesome, you yeah. think it's Shit Town. Oh, dude, I I, so, <laughs> I love Philly, right? Like you know how it is with the Philly people, right? So I've been gone for Philly, from Philly for half my life. Right, but yeah, I will. I will kick somebody's ass if, if they, they talk shit about it. Philly. Would I ever move back to Philly? No fucking way. No fucking yeah, way. I was right? just back there for my brother's wedding. It's I'm such like, a, it's such a love hate thing going on. And, and you know, know. It, York has gotten a lot better since we grew up there. You know, there's more places to play. Like, I mean, I think our biggest complaint about where we grew up was really there was nowhere for us to perform. You know, sure. so we had to cross the river over to Lancaster and play at the Chameleon Club or come to Philly or yeah. you know adopt these other towns as our town. Where did you start in Philly? Like Tower Theater? When you guys started getting big? Oh, like, before that, like, uh, like the Chestnut the Club and, and like, like TLA that? and stuff like that. TLA on South yeah. Street. Yeah, like probably 500 people. Exactly. J.C. Dobbs. Did you guys ever play Dobbs? Oh, was, yeah, I said T.T. Bears, but that, yeah, it was J.C. Dobbs. J.C. Dobbs on the same block <laughs> yeah, as TLA. Street, and that's, yeah. a, that's a little bar. I actually saw, believe it or not, and I didn't know I was seeing them. I saw Nirvana 
at J.C. Dobbs. You're kidding. On the, and I what did, year? I didn't know. It was like 90, 89, something like that. Oh and then I, I went away, and then there was a club in Philly called The Bank. It was like the big alternative club. And so a year or two later, we're there, and... and uh, it smells like teen spirit comes on and people lose their shit and they start running to this thing. And I'm like, I said to my cousin, what the fuck is this? And he said, this is the band that we saw at Dobbs. And the only song that I remember from Dobbs was uh, about a girl. No kidding. About a girl. But I was like, God damn it. Yeah, because, you know, they, they transformed a lot with that album. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm sure you were not alone there where people went, wait a minute. I saw them in a bar a year ago and now they're literally everywhere it was that exciting you know and uh yeah but philly i mean what a great music scene still but back then we adopted philly and new york as our our hometowns really because you know we could drive there pretty quickly and get back that same night without having to buy a hotel and all that so (laughs) we you know it was actually you guys have a room tonight you have a hotel or no we are headed to nashville tonight tonight yeah no kidding what's going on in nashville well we play a festival called pilgrimage on sunday Okay. And then we go home for two weeks. So we're looking forward to a bed that doesn't move tonight, <laughs> a.k.a. a hotel. A hotel. <laughs> um, you, uh, by the way, we, just so nobody can see this, but Ed and I are, we're having a sweating competition right we now. We are fucking sweating. Think, I, think you're, I think you're beating me. Oh. Look at me. I'm going full diva right now oh, with I, my manager. I'm so. And, uh, I'm, and I'm asking him for a, yeah. something to no, tap my bald head. Give, as I would give you this, but uh, my producer Cecilia right wiped uh, some beer up with it. Do you care? Do you, yeah. I'm it's good with beer, beer on my head. I'm, I'm so, so Ed, good. Yeah, Anything yeah. to just. Uh, I think I'll probably as dude, hot your as that, shirt in the sh- in the show. Oh, dude. by the way, Ed had this like a flowery sort of blackish a, red shirt going on. I'm a sweater. And, I'm a sweater. And it was uh, it was sopping. Yeah, and I'm right there I'm with a you. Sweater. Man. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna take. And I have this. no hair, so it gets dangerous in how the long, eyes. How long you been bald? You know, I shaved my head for fun when I was 23. And had all his hair, and then I tried to grow it back in the late 90s, and it wasn't all coming back the same way. So I said, "F it." I looked at it as like a preemptive strike that I did yeah. at 23, and I just kept it going. <laughs> so, uh, watching you guys on stage, watching you guys on stage tonight, I guess all of us were a little bit older, but the energy was there. In fact, I think the last time I saw you prior to this, it was a while ago, it was at Red Rocks. Oh, okay? God, yeah, great. Long time ago at Red Rocks. And I'm watching you up there tonight. And I swear it seems like you're having more fun than maybe you were having we back are. then. We are, yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, when we split for six, seven years, you know, we're still riding the wave of gratitude. Our brothers are back together, you know. It's it's a joyful thing, you know, to uh, reconnect as really we're a family, you know. And so um, we're still really riding that wave of are reuniting, you know. You mentioned that on stage. You talked about the guy. You guys met in middle school, right? Yeah. Like, that's Junior got high. to 13. be... When you guys took the bow on stage, that's what I was thinking about, was, like, trying to roll back to you guys being 13 years old, 12 yeah. years old, and now look at you. It's like pretty mind-blowing. Yeah, and I think that, you know, we always, of course, had that history, but... The older you get, you it it you focus on it more. You know, you you naturally are more grateful for the fact that you know because life throws a lot of 
bullshit at you, you know, and course, yeah. no matter what you're doing, a rock band or whatever, and to come full circle like we have and be playing at the level that we're playing and having the fun that we're having, everybody's just like, pinch me, yeah. you know, and I think, you know, you said that you can, you can feel that between us. It's, um, <clears throat> when I, uh, again, we talked about this earlier, being on this journey with a band, you don't know the band, but you're, you, you feel like you do, and, uh, when I was flying here, uh, I had a thing, and I'll just tell you this. So my uh, brother passed away about nine years ago, and uh, my younger brother drowned. Mm-hmm. Oh, and one of the songs that, well, I, this memory, I was listening to you guys on the plane coming here, mm-hmm. and I was listening to Pillar of Davidson. Oh, wow, yeah. Which is just a, a phenomenal song off of Thank Throwing you. Copper. And I flashed back to this memory of my brother and I in in California it must have been a year or two before he died and we all loved live he went to school in Hershey PA oh no kidding he went to uh, what's it called Elizabethtown yeah yeah Yeah. so he was a huge fan of the band and I remember him that's local that's local local yeah and I remember him putting this on he goes do you know this song I'm like fuck you man my brother was 10 years younger than me I'm like of course I know this song yeah but I remember rocking out to my brother and it's such a it's such a powerful song and I think it's about uh, kind of the, the, the hard-working, yeah. blue-collar people. Well, because, uh, you know, in New York, um, back in the day, not anymore, because, um, well, Harley-Davidson's are still man- um, assembled in York, Pennsylvania. It's a huge yeah. Harley cult city. You know, I mean, it's, it always has been. But Caterpillar were the other uh, the part of the, the, tractors, yeah, the big yeah. digger trucks, yeah. you know, where everybody worked there. You know, that actually left. But in our day, you know, back in those days, in the... When we were doing throwing copper, it was, you know, Harley Davidson and Caterpillar were the, were the, were where all the real guys were. You know, that was just the blue so what collar is, what is, center. What does the lyric mean? Now, there's the only chance I'm ever going to get to ask you. You know, I, the shepherd. I'm yeah. Really, well, the shepherd in that sense in the, that song is like the boss man. You know, the uh, the guy running the ship. You know, okay. the guy running your your life really from nine to five. You know, and uh, so it's kind of our our take on a workman song, like it. Because we grew up, you know, again, you know, where pretty much everybody worked at one of those two places. You didn't grow up with money. None of the guys in the band no, were no, money, no, right? Yeah. No, no, no. We yeah. come up in a working class, you know, <laughs> city. Uh, my parents, my mom worked at a bank. My dad was a school teacher at Patrick's. You know, I don't know if any, I don't know if any of our parents, they might have. I'd have to ask them if they ever worked at Harley Davidson or Caterpillar. But just about everybody in York did at some point. Did, yeah. And then that that closes down, and then people are like, "What the hell am I going to do?" Exactly. Yeah. And so our our town is, you know, it's a town that's always struggled with its, you know, it's got a really beautiful colonial past. You know, it's the first capital of the United States of America, arguably. They York call it, is. They call it the first capital. Wait yeah, they, a minute. Because the article, the uh, the Independence article, the, yeah, that was signed there was finished. I'm going to Google this. I yeah. Think I think you're full um, of shit We right are, we are pretty sure that we are the official. They were on the run, man. They were on the run. They couldn't be in Washington, man. Okay. They finished signing that thing in York, Pennsylvania. Let's go to York. So get your ass to York, Pennsylvania and find out the first capital, baby. <laughs> well, I just want, when I was mentioning the thing about uh, uh, about Pillar of Davidson, it's it's incredible after all these years to have, be able to look you in the face and say, thank you for writing that song, thank man. Thank you. Because that song, when my brother died, I had, uh, there was probably a, Maybe ten songs, like a handful of songs. I, I'm sure you've had loss in your life, of course. And these are the things that get you through it, right? Sure. 
And that was one of the songs wow, man. that I would just listen to over and over. And it would, it, it, I don't even, I don't know if it made me, ha- it made me feel the way I needed to feel Great. at that time. And I want to say thank you for writing I it, man. I appreciate you it's, sharing it's a, that It's a beautiful song you, and, and all the stuff you do. And I am thrilled that you came on to talk to oh, me. Oh, my pleasure. And, Anytime. Uh, wait, last, last question. Eagles fan? You know, as a kid, I've, you know, I have, I've lost track of sports a while ago, but as a kid, I was torn because well, part of my one side of the family was Pittsburgh, and the other side was York Eagles, and yeah, because you're kind of in so, that gray area. Yeah, yeah that's but I have to were... say, I was probably more of a Steelers oh, fan. Oh Jesus! Forget what I said about okay. Pillar Davis. See, you shouldn't have even brought it up. <laughs> well, Ed Kowalczyk from Live. What a thrill to have you on the show, man! I really appreciate you really, coming thank on, you. and thank you. We're back at Bourbon and Beyond. That was. Me and uh, Ed Kowalczyk from Live. God, I love that band. I really do. And I got to tell you, seeing them perform was definitely one of the highlights for me of Bourbon and Beyond. And it's good to see that those guys are back together after, you know, Ed left the band for about six, seven years. Uh, anyway, we're here, Bourbon and Beyond. And sitting with me right now is a is a good buddy of mine. And he is a extremely talented dude he knows whiskey just about as well as anybody that i know uh and he's out here uh hosting a lot of the culinary events that are happening at bourbon and beyond mr gabe carterella how you doing buddy i'm great my friend thank you for having me here now you have been working in the industry for how long it seems like a blink of an eye but it's been 10 years I've been looking after whiskeys and sharing kind of stories about whiskeys and you know I, what's great about this you know you were mentioning you had just seen live and I, I can't tell you I don't think I've been to an event for three days where you have you leave a stage with an amazing song in your head the rest of the day and you go drink some amazing whiskey that you're sampling to go back and listen to some more amazing music you know it is pretty incredible to not only have the ability to drink good whiskey with good chefs you know that i've done over the last 10 years but to then go with the chefs and the whiskey in hand to the stage to watch bands like live like you mentioned pretty incredible weekend it's it's one of those things where i'm hesitant to pump it up too much because it's going to get fucking ruined because like too many people are going to come because we're this is still kind of the early stages this the, two years ago or this is the third one so it would be two years ago was the first bourbon and beyond i was there with my other my former podcast drinky fun time and that was only two days it was a two day it was a saturday and sunday and then now we've got it's three days so last year they had it again and it was a bit of a disaster it got rained out they only had one Wet day last year uh and but now they and they moved it now to this new location the kentucky fairgrounds in louisville and it's three days and in terms of ease of getting around, now, you know, you got to have the VIP, but uh, if you got the VIP ticket and you like to go to festivals and you're looking for bands that maybe a little bit on the skew, a little bit older demographic, uh, to a degree. I mean, not, not all, they, they have a great mix here, but I'm saying like the headliners are, you know, ZZ Top, Robert Plant, Hall & Oates, uh, who did we have? Foo Fighters was amazing. John Fogarty, okay? John Fogarty is like 72 years old. The guy, A, he's written some of the most amazing songs in rock history, and he just rocked, that's, man. That's what I'm talking about. You, you know, you when you're drinking whiskey, you're often listening to some of the bands that are playing right next to you live anyways on, you know, in your headphones, on your iPhone, et cetera. But to be able to drink whiskey while listening to some of these amazing bands, like you saw Robert Plant last night. It was 
unbelievable yeah. to watch somebody that close. You're right about having the VIP wristbands. It gets you everywhere. What's also cool is like how kind of collaborative everybody is. You know, the chefs, I'm a been hosting chefs on the stage. You know, I had Michael Voltaggio up there. I had Adam Sobel up there. You know, Amanda Freitag today. We've got some great chefs throughout the whole weekend. And then when we're done, they don't just get in their bus and head off to the next event. They're grabbing a glass They're of whiskey. And we're all hanging out together watching some amazing and music. What's you know? amazing about that, and you're, you're right there, you're hosting these events, is they're, they're rock stars in their own right, man. People <laughs> yeah. come out in droves to see these chefs. You know, I mean, uh, when Michael and, and, and uh, Adam were out there the other day, I mean, people were Did you were see running. what they came out in? Oh, yeah, they they came out and dressed like Buzz Lightyear and Woody from Toy Story. I did so not see that. That's it's amazing. fun. That's kind of what the idea is, right? It, what folks are getting a nice peek at is, yes, the ability to make great food and some chef's secrets and how they prepare some things like pork, which was the kind of the focus for the Friday's event. But mostly what they're getting to see is for the chefs to kind of relax, be themselves, and get kind of a, a really close, intimate view at the lives of some of these chefs that are really just here to have some fun. Because yeah. that's what this festival is all rooted in, you know? It, it, it has been an amazing amount of fun, and I'm already looking forward to next year. Uh, you, How was the experience for you? So you, in terms of hosting the event, you, you're used to doing this with whiskey brands and going around, but, but is it good to be up? You're like on a legit stage up there. There's a bunch of fans. People, You getting, uh, you getting some autograph hounds out here so far? Well, I can't say that I've signed an autograph yet. I've had somebody ask, who is that guy? <laughs> on stage a few times. And that was security. Yeah. They yeah. were like, who's this guy? Get him off there. Why is he up there? But I'll be honest with you. You know, my role while up there, you know, I, I am known as a whiskey expert for those that do know me. And, you know, chefs do know me as somebody that is quite knowledgeable in pairing. I've worked with chefs all over the country and pairing different whiskeys with, you know, their food. And that's been really fun. You know, here, the opportunity to kind of be the bridge between... Between the chefs and the audience. I'm your hype man, but the, the truth is, is they don't need me very much up there. I am just the guy that can say, can you smell this amazing dish? Yeah. And then you see the nods of folks. So, you know, really I get to be a bit of a fly on the wall, but I'm really just kind of having the conversation for the audience up there. And it's just fun. It's just being yourself with like-minded people. You know how crazy some chefs can be. You they saw what will you they up there. They can be crazy. <laughs> Speaking of fun, uh, I got we got something else fun on this show for you. We had Ed from Live. We got Gabe. We got Fred Minnick. I got one more little thing for you. Uh, you might have heard of him. His name's Nathaniel Rateliff. And uh, I did a little interview with, with Nathaniel, who did a set that just blew. Amazing. If there was a roof here, it would have been blown Amazing off. Show. People went crazy. And, you know, Nathaniel and, and the Night Sweats, his band, have been opening for Robert Plant on tour. And the guy is just a badass. He's, he's I, you know, I think he's going to be, he already is huge. But incredible. I think he is his, even his best days are still ahead of him. And uh, but first, Gabe, I want to thank you for chatting with me, buddy. Always great to see you. My pleasure, my and friend. And now let's roll in and listen to a little Nathaniel Rateliff. Well, I, uh, Bourbon and Beyond, I'm Dan Dunn. Couldn't be more excited about my next guest. He, uh, he rocks. I, I, I got to say, I have times when I'm at home, when I've got people over, I want to get my party started. I put on his music, and it really always kicks things into high gear. And I'm very, very, very thrilled to welcome Nathaniel Rateliff to the show. How are you, man? I'm well. Good to be here. It's good to have you. So uh, you're playing. You're going to be going on in just a little bit here at Bourbon and Beyond. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how's the experience been so far? You know, I just got to the festival uh, like 20 minutes ago, so... You did? Yeah, I didn't... I, you know, we, we've been, uh, you know, beating the street pretty hard, so, yeah. So, are you on tour right now? 
Yep, um, this is kind of the end of our record cycle for our second record, though. So this, I think, this show, and then tomorrow's Farm Aid, and then another show in Nashville, and then that's it for this for a little bit for us, which is, you know, it's been a busy five years. So your your story is so intriguing to me. So you you, you grew up in Missouri, correct? In, in Herman, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Uh, Herman, by the way, I don't know if people know this, was one of the hubs of winemaking in the United States. Probably the second it had the one of the biggest distill, uh, wine uh, distillery wineries in the United States before Prohibition, right? In Herman, Missouri, and there's so still the, a winery there. I saw there. an old. There's several still there, and there's still a lot of tourism for that. My mom actually still lives there, and so does Joseph's mom. Okay. So we go back and visit. But I remember seeing an old newspaper clipping of how the Missouri River ran red with wine during the beginning of Prohibition. So <laughs> they still have a few of the remaining. I can't remember what type of cask. Like it's. It's a wine barrel that's like, you know, um, 10 feet tall by like a, like a, like a, like a fermentation, a fermentation tank. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, a wooden yeah. one. Um, and there's not a lot of them around anymore, yeah. you know, post-prohibition. So you left, you go, you leave Missouri, you go to Denver, Colorado. That, that's where you start, you, you really start, the music career starts happening there. But and, and if I'm wrong on this, but you were playing around, you were in various bands, but there was a point where you were going to give it up, right? Right before... Yeah, I mean, right before the Night Sweats, I was pretty uh, kind of, you know, over just the sort of, I felt like we'd been treading water for years, you know, and and really not making any headway. So, um, yeah, I was just kind of looking into potential of what I would do uh, as an uneducated person, yeah. <laughs> like how I was going to make it. So How are you going to do it? And, and I found it, real, again, really inspirational because it's this idea that you're right on the you're right on the edge, and if you just go, you know, I'm done. I'm going to get a job at a meatpacking thing or something, and there's nothing wrong with that. But, I'm, but you just thought, I'm going to keep going. I'm just going to stick it out, and then you blow up. It, it just happens. And and what was that like for you? Well, I mean, you know, really, um, the night sweats idea was just kind of like me in my attic. I didn't even know it was ever going to be a record that anybody that saw the light of day. So, you know, that was kind of a surprise, and then. Yeah, once we put it out, then, like you said, then it kind of took off. So so I was listening uh, on the plane. I was listening to your live album from Red Rocks. And I got to ask, I've been to Red Rocks, and I've actually been on the stage at Red Rocks. And I remember looking out, and it, there's this feeling, because it really is one of the greatest musical venues in the world. What was it like for you, having come up in the Denver music scene, the first time you stepped on stage at Red Rocks? I mean, ever since I first moved it, we used to go up when it wasn't open and just sit on stage and like play acoustic guitars and... Uh, Joseph and myself would just tell each other that we were going to play there someday. So it was very surreal to play there, um, you know, you know, as the Night Sweats and to headline and have a sold-out venue for us. So pretty and wild. If you listen to that album, and I recommend that everybody does, if you're listening to it, you're. I remember at the end of Son of a Bitch, you. Uh, you call it Son of a Bitch? You call it SOB? What do you call it? Like, Either I, way, I call fun. it Son of a Bitch. And uh, <laughs> at the end of that. That song obviously has a very church, uh, a very uh, preacher-like sort of quality, anyway. But at the end of that, you're you're you're. It's not even you're just like it's coming from your gut. Is you know take care of each other and love one another. We don't have each other. That's we got nothing, right? Right. And I was tearing up when I was listening to it. I really was. I thought it must have been. This guy has such a passion. You have such a passion, and you're 
joy and your and your enthusiasm just shine through so much there. And uh, I, there's not a question in that. I'm just saying. Well, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate man. It. Uh, so, what are you are you looking forward to this set here at Bourbon and Beyond? Obviously, it's going to be. Uh, <coughs> yeah, it should be fun. Um, have some friends here today, so try to catch some of them before I miss Lucas earlier. So, have you played that. Kentucky before? Uh, yeah, I used to play Louisville pretty frequently, man. I kept, um, now I can't remember the bar with all the arcade games. And, yeah, me, man. I live in Los Angeles. But uh, <laughs> where do you, do you still live in Denver? Or you, I do. Yeah. Yeah, you do. And you, you stay in there. That's that's home. Yeah, I don't, you know, I mean, it's a lot cheaper in Los Angeles. So. <laughs> right. No, it's getting. I'll tell you what, though. It's getting close. Yeah. I used to. I used to live in Colorado, and I'm stunned when I go to Denver is how much that city. Oh, it's crazy. Uh, the marijuana has probably helped a lot, and that brings me to you've got your own strain of weed, right? That you're doing with uh, on, with Willie Nelson's company, right? We, yeah, we just launched that, uh, I think, right before Red Rocks. Um, yeah, and that's just been something we've been working on for a while. It's kind of a slow process to get it all approved. But, um, you know, we're doing that. The strain's fun, but also trying to work in Colorado to get to, like, try to overturn some, um, you know, people's court cases where they're serving time for things that aren't oh, illegal shit. anymore, yeah. you know. Um, and so... Uh, we'll see what we can do there, you know. So we have the Marigold Project, our foundation, working on that stuff. So You know what's fun right now? I'm talking to Nathaniel Rateliff, and in the background, Joan Jett is playing I Love Rock and Roll. <laughs> That's a good day. We're having a good day, and we're gonna. And the day's only going to get better because in a short while I'm going to go see Nathaniel performing on stage, and then we got the Foo Fighters, and, and are you going to stick around, or you just it's just tonight and you're out? Oh, you got Farm Aid tomorrow. Yeah, Farm Aid, so we have a... I have a pretty early morning to yeah. get it's like yeah we have to get to Wisconsin so. you gotta catch Fogarty though right tonight oh yeah so yeah absolutely sure. well listen man I, I know you got a it's a very tight schedule and I just wanna you wanna have a little whiskey with me though sure I gotta, we gotta I got a little bit of this uh, what is this we got Jim Beam Black extra age bourbon it's, let me open that up it's kind of their new expression and I would be remiss if I did not have a I've listened to you while drinking whiskey so many times. As a Jack Daniels squire, I don't know if I'm allowed to drink. You're not allowed to drink? Yeah, you can (laughs) do it. Here we go. Here we go. Cheers, man. Thank you. Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats here at Bourbon and Beyond. Thank you, brother. I appreciate uh, talking to you. And uh, have a great night. You as well. So there you have it. Episode one of the several episodes we're doing from Bourbon and Beyond is in the can. That was a lot of fun. I just want to tell you, in the coming weeks, just some of the the people that we have coming on the show, it's really incredible. Got Alex Ebert, the lead singer of Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros will be on the show. That's one little teaser. We got a band called Mipso. We got Amethyst Kia. We got Pearl. We've got some of the biggest names in whiskey coming on the show, and it's going to be pretty exciting stuff, so... I want to thank Nathaniel Rateliff for coming on, Ed Kowalczyk, Fred Minnick, Gabe Cardarella. And I want to thank you for listening and uh, catch you on the next one. I'm going to need someone to help me. I'm going to need somebody's hand. I'm going to need someone.